and welcome to Stupid Sequence, the show where we make ranked lists of things that don't matter because arguing with your friends is fun. I'm your host, Josh. And I'm your second host, Scott, but I'm sick. So you're sick. Hey, host. guess what? I'm your sick host, Scott. I'm coming off of being sick. We're at episode 34 sickness this week. Yeah. Uh, we'll start with a quick summary of what the show is. Nothing can stop the show. This show is sick. When last week when I was really sick and too sick to record. Yeah, that's different. The goal of each episode is to create a ranked list of something, usually media-related. Scott and I will pick a topic before the show and each come prepared with a list of ten. In the first segment, we'll talk about items ten through six from each of our lists, why we feel they fit the list, why they're meaningful to us, or maybe some interesting facts about them. In segment two, we go over our top fives in more detail, and to finish things off in our last segment, we briefly mention any honorable mentions we have before going head-to-head and arguing over which items belong in the official top ten. Hooray. This sickness week. Yeah. Um, Do I sound nasally? I feel like I sound. You're a little. You, you sound a little bit sick. I probably sound less sick from you, or sound less sick than you. Yeah. Uh, I'm coming off of COVID round two for me. Hooray! Um, somehow only my second time getting it. Um, I've but... never tested positive for COVID. Wow. You're just me. You got the super gene. Maybe. You're or... just conventionally. I'm just sick. a carrier. So, uh, this week we're talking about uh, what are the best Christmas movies? Yes. Scott? Christmas movies. What's a Christmas movie, Scott? Well, a Christmas movie is a movie that is focused around some of the themes that are relative to Christmas or Christmas adjacent. I can tell you a Christmas movie is not a movie that occurs on Christmas. Well, I mean, they can. They can. But just if, because a movie just takes because place it on does. or near Christmas. And with that, we're going to dive straight into my, my short list of... Oh, okay, here you go. These are movies that I intentionally excluded that are not necessarily bad movies. They happen to be on Christmas, are. but they are not Christmas movies. In no particular order, we have Die is. Hard. Yep, that's the one. Sorry, everyone. No, sorry, internet. I'm people. not sorry. It's not a Christmas movie. It occurs on Christmas. There's some light Christmas theming. It's a brutal movie that it, if it took place any other time, it would still be a great movie. The fact it's that it takes place Christmas. on Christmas is not uh, an excuse to call it a Christmas movie. It's about Alan Rickman. Sure. R.I.P. Sure. Additionally, we have Gremlins, another great movie. It's, it's not a Christmas movie. Lethal yeah, Weapon. Gremlins. Lethal Weapon took place on Christmas. Not also, Christmas never seen movie. Lethal Weapon. Uh, the Ref, Dennis Leary, Kevin Spacey. Oh yeah, he he's a cat burglar, breaks into their house, ties them up, and then they're having marital problems. And they're bickering the whole time, and he ends up being the ref for their marriage. Kind of uh, saves it and straightens some things out. It's kind of ridiculous, but it's a pretty funny movie. Not a Christmas movie. Krampus, also not a Christmas movie. A horror movie cannot be a Christmas movie. Recently, like two years ago, another movie came out. I think it was called Violent Night. Like oh, a that's play the on David Silent Harbor Night. One. What's that? That's the David Harbor one, right? Maybe. I didn't see that one. You know, the Stranger Things guy. No, I know who David Harbor is. I'm, I'm not sure the if Hellboy he's in that guy. one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point being, a horror movie cannot be a Christmas movie. That is I don't not know if in, I agree with you on that. It is not in the spirit of this. Uh, uh, now, I didn't select any horror movies. 
I haven't watched any Christmas-themed horror movies, but I don't know if I agree with the assertion that well, a horror movie can never be a Christmas movie. Okay. Broadly speaking, and I will even throw out there the last one that is not on my list anywhere, I love this movie, it is not a Christmas movie, and that is The Nightmare Before Christmas. I know, Christmas, in the title. The movie is not about Christmas. It is about him trying to bring Christmas in the spirit and then ultimately rejecting it because it is not who he is. It is not a Christmas movie. I, uh, I'll add in... Um, Email me if you're that upset. I, saw, I, I, I definitely saw a smattering of movies on various lists as I was putting my list together um, that I would identify as not Christmas movies. And the one that stood out to me the most, aside from some of the ones you've already mentioned is uh batman returns oh yeah what the come on we harry potter because there's a, a a scene in harry yeah. potter and the sorcerer's stone <laughs> there's always a, a christmas, christmas scene yeah, there's always great. a christmas scene in harry potter because they take place through the throughout the whole school year yeah it doesn't no. make them christmas movies come nope. on people what are we even doing a movie you watch on christmas is fine that doesn't make it a christmas movie anyway i'll step off of my soapbox here for a moment and Maybe we can get into actual Christmas movies, ones that are about Christmas or Christmas adjacent. Yeah, let's kick it off with your number 10 here. My number 10 is a 1970 classic, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's a, it's a classic. It's, it's it, one of the Rankin-Bass uh, Christmas specials. That's right. It's a stop we'll be talking motion. more about them. It is... Fred Astaire, Mickey Rooney, uh, Paul Fries, Keenan Wynn, Robbie Lester. Anyway, point being, uh, it's the story of Kris Kringle, how he became Santa Claus. Uh, he was raised by elves. It's got him giving out toys. It's got explanation of the reindeer flight. I mean, it's, it's kind of a, a staple. This is like an origin story of Santa Claus. And I feel like that is exactly what a Christmas movie is. Um. I enjoy it, but it's not my favorite. I'll watch it pretty much every year because, you know, we watch a lot of Christmas movies every year. But I don't know if I go out of my way to watch it multiple times or off season, so to speak. Um, it, I will note it does also feature one of the best names of all time, Burgermeister Meisterburger. That, that is very good. Burgermeister Meisterburger. Great name. Um, anyway, yeah, that's my number 10. Yeah, we're definitely going to hear about some more Rankin Bass animated specials. Shocking. List. What's your number uh, 10? My number 10 uh, is maybe the least Christmas me- Christmas-y movie on the li- on my list anyway, but it's still the longest, I think. Um, 1990s Home Alone, directed by Chris Columbus. See, I disagree, because I think it is a Christmas movie, and it's also on it my is. list. It's definitely a Christmas movie. I'm just saying, of the movies on my list, I think it is the least Christmassy. Okay, fair enough. Uh... It's number four for my list. Number four? Wow, yeah. much higher for you. Oh, well, okay. yeah, I grew up watching Home Alone. It came out the year after I was born, the year you were born. Indeed. This movie's good. It's a great like movie. Um, I guess, uh, why don't you, you dig into your notes a little bit here? This is higher on your list. Uh, sure. So, written and produced by John Hughes. Uh, Home Alone. I mean, it's a Christmas classic. Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, John Hurd, uh, Roberts Blossom, Catherine O'Hara, uh, and you know, later in a 
cameo, John Candy as Gus Polinsky. Uh, Gotta mention John Candy. Kind-hearted polka musician. Anytime he shows up. Yeah, right. Uh, the polka king of the North or the Midwest. Uh, so anyway, we have uh, the McAllister family is preparing to spend Christmas in Paris and gathering at Kate and Pete's home in a Chicago suburb, kind of on the, the night before their departure. And then real Kate, quick, I'm going to interject here. I've made a discovery. Oh, making this list. I'm listening. Every every Christmas movie apparently is set in either Chicago, New York, or London. That's it. Or like mm. fantasy location. Like yeah. Almost every single movie on my list is one of those three locations. Let's see. Uh, it's bizarre. Yes. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll keep yes. a running tally here as we go through my list. Certainly. I'm just looking here. Ooh, I'm not sure. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, yes. Yes. Mm, no. Uh, yes. Yes. And okay. Yeah. Yep. I think that's it's true. weird. It's very strange. Uh, I don't know how strange it is. It's, you know, people are trying to. Have... There's a lot of movies set in New York, but like, why Chicago specifically? It's strange. Uh, Chicago decorates quite a bit for Christmas, and they've got kind of central locations around town that are extra dolled up, right? Um, where did? No, you know what? I'm not gonna say it. Let's let's wait and see what happens in the conversation. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk anyway. about it some more. Uh, so everybody's at uh, at the house, right? Preparing to mm-hmm. depart for the mm-hmm. Paris trip. Um, Kevin is frequently ridiculed by his cousins and his siblings, uh, particularly his older brother, Buzz. He inadvertently ruins the family dinner uh, it, after a brief scuffle with Buzz, in which case, or in which Kevin's airline ticket is accidentally thrown away, resulting in Kate sending him up to the attic. Uh, Kevin berates his mother for allowing the rest of the family to pick on him and wishes that his family would disappear. And then during the night, heavy winds cause a power outage, disabling the alarm clocks and causing the family to oversleep in the confusion and rush to get to the airport. Kevin is accidentally left behind. That is the premise for those of you who have not seen home alone in today's society. I don't think this movie can be made with the same premise. You'd, you would have to completely change it. Yeah, it's one of the, like the eight million movies out there that um, don't work after the invention of the cell phone. Yeah, definitely. Because even if your power goes out, chances are somebody's phone is going to have an alarm that is going to still be with some charge and go off. This so is, uh, this is my my sub my next podcast idea is we watch movies and then decide from before 2006 and decide, could this movie exist post cell phone? Yeah, that would be that'd be an interesting conversation. Uh, but anyway, uh, after all that, Kevin wakes up to realize that everybody's gone. And I mean, it, it's kind of like every kid's dream in some way. I mean, it was his dream. He even said he wished that everybody would disappear. Um, he, you know, he can he can watch whatever he wants to watch on TV. He can go into his siblings rooms. He can order pizza. He can have mac and cheese. He can do and eat whatever he wants. And I think when we're all that age, we think, man, that would be awesome. I would love to be able to just do or eat whatever I wanted. I think um, he's supposed to be like eight years old here. Yeah, he's pretty young. Um, doesn't call Culkin's 10 when they film this. Right, yeah. It, does, it doesn't look eight necessarily, but I think that's yeah, relatively where he's supposed to be, somewhere in that range. Um, 
But after he realizes that he's kind of bored or doesn't really like just doing whatever he wants, which happens a lot faster than you would think. He's pretty mature for his age. Um, he goes out and visits a store by himself, does some shopping. Um, he has some interactions with the neighbor that he was told is a serial killer and uh, has like gruesome look on his face. Um, he realizes that somebody's been scoping out the house and is trying to break in. And at that point, the second portion of the movie happens where it's him versus the wet bandits. Um, obviously pretty amazing booby traps are set up. You got the paint, you got the glue, you got heated doorknobs, you got the hidden pool. As a kid, I thought, man, this is awesome. Look how many cool things he's able to pull together to defeat these stupid grown-ups. Man, what a great movie. And, of course, they catch the wet bandits at the end. So, um, And his mom is reunited with him, kind of like, at the perfect timing. So, yeah, pretty, pretty good movie. Pretty good uh, Christmas spirit as well, because, you know, he realizes he loves his family. He wishes they could be there for Christmas. It's all in the spirit of why we bring people together. And then right after he's reunited with his mom, basically the entire family goes in and says, oh yeah, we, we caught the other flight, you know, in the morning. But because she had so many issues returning home, they basically showed up at the same time. So he ruined Christmas, but at the same time, he didn't. Uh, worth mentioning here, too. Uh, one of the other kids in the family in this movie is played by... Kieran Culkin. Um, Macaulay, brother, Macaulay Culkin's brother, Kieran Culkin. That's right. Uh, that's fun. It is fun. Fun little addition there. Yep. And yeah, the, I, don't really, uh, I don't really have anything much to add here. It's a good movie. I enjoy it. There are a lot of details, I feel like, that this movie was able to come up with in order to... Um, how do I want to describe this? The the attention to detail to ensure that this situation is even possible is pretty great. The fact that there's an uneven amount of people, I think there were 17 total people, so there's two vans, splitting it up means they can't know which van has eight people. They both assume that they are the ones with eight people and nine are in the other one. They're in a rush, so nobody's stopping to count. Well, they, uh, the no, neighbor they kid walks they, up. Yeah, it's the neighbor kid. Yeah, yeah the neighbor kid walks up, right? And he's like checking stuff out and they just see his backside. So they're counting. They're not really looking at his face. And then he they're steps down heads. and runs away. What's that? They're just counting heads. Yeah, exactly. So, but on the way there, like nobody thinks like, oh, where's Kevin? Because they assume that he's in the other van and there's eight of them and there's nine in the other van, but there's not. There's and eight just, and eight. Just goes along with Kevin's narrative that nobody really cares about Kevin. Exactly. So they did a really good job of piecing this movie together. The imagery is great. The reconciliation, when he realizes that his serial killer neighbor isn't actually a serial killer, he's just a lonely old man who needs to reconcile with his daughter. Um, the Choir of Angels. I, I feel like there's a lot of really good imagery here, and, and overall it, it lends to the spirit of the holidays. So yes, this movie occurs on Christmas. Yes, there are some things that are not necessarily Christmas specific, but the overall message of the movie is Christmas specific. And that's why I agree. It is a Christmas movie. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think it fits. Anyway. Yeah. That was your number 10. My number 10, your number four. 
I guess next up is your number nine, then. My number nine is a movie you may not have seen. It is called A Claymation Christmas Celebration. Familiar with this? Not familiar. Nope. So it's an animated Christmas TV special that was originally broadcast on CBS in 1987. Then the uh, the special featured stop-motion clay animation. It was produced and directed by Will Vinton. The special debuted alongside A Garfield Christmas, and the two continued to be aired back-to-back in subsequent years. Uh, Notably, Garfield Christmas is on my honorable mentions list. It's another one that I used to watch as a kid. I never understood that they were back-to-back until I read that note, and I was like, oh, that explains why I've seen the two of them and I associate them in my brain, because they just (laughs) premiered them together. Uh, So it's about two dinosaurs... Uh, claymation dinosaurs rex and herb and they're hosting in kind of like a siskel and ebert style parody um they are roughly in london's christmas square so again london even claymation london and they introduce several standalone videos of various christmas carols and then they discuss the origins of each of the songs relating to a holiday tradition around the world what i like about it is it's not just the songs like the traditional songs of christmas it's also a spin or a variation on each of the songs so for example they do a we three kings and it starts very traditional and they've got the story being played out in claymation but then it features uh, a portion of it where it's some camels and they're doing like a doo-wop style of we three kings and it's it's very good um i i listen to the album every year um, usually I just find the movie on YouTube and just let it play in the background. It's not a long movie. We were talking like a half an hour special, 24 minutes, I think with commercials, right? Sure. So, uh, it also has Carol of the bells featuring some anthropomorphic church bells. Uh, children's choir sings. Oh, Christmas tree. Uh, angels we have heard on high set to a walrus couple doing interpretive interpretive ice ballet while some luckless penguins watch It's pretty funny. Um, soul and jazz hybrid version of joy to the world played out with like these colorful scenes notably that part's not in claymation it's in a different style kind of like a painted window style um, but it's very cool and then the california raisins perform a cover of the temptations version of rudolph the red-nosed reindeer so it's a cover of a cover <laughs> that's the second time i've heard the california raisins invoked today well that's what this is about that's the claymation so throughout the program uh rex Feudally attempts to clarify the true pronunciation and meaning of the term wassail, which is featured in the Christmas Carol, Here We Come, a wassailing. And as the show progresses, Rex is accosted by different groups, all singing parodies of the song. Uh, we have Here We Come, a waffling by a kennel of dogs selling waffles from a vendor's wagon. Uh, we have Here We Come, a waddling, a gaggle of straggling geese carrying baskets of goodies. And then Here We Come, a wallowing, a herd of slovenly pigs on a John Deere-style field wagon, gorging themselves on an abundance of assorted fruits. And at the end, the entire cast performs Here We Come, a wassailing, and then We Wish You a Merry Christmas as the end credits roll. So, um, good use of a lot of common, at least, you know, in, in uh, my gro- my childhood pretty common christmas songs um with a little bit of a spin to it some good imagery and just semi-entertaining just enough to be an enjoyable experience notably this is also my mom's favorite christmas movie so that's why we watch it every year gotcha okay so have you if you have not seen it which it sounds like you have not it's a 24 minute watch i would recommend it it's pretty good 
Yeah, and also uh, worth mentioning here, we decided to count TV specials in this, even though you said movies, because let's face it, there's a there's a lot of those. I mean, some of them are real good. Some of them are very not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. T- so yes, TV specials, but we didn't just do shows that happen to have a Christmas episode, right? That's true. That's true. Right? Specifically, like I, it is I didn't like, pick the Simpsons Christmas, Christmas episode, no, or no, no, no. yeah, exactly. It's a Christmas special, which it, it's treated as a movie. I had it on DVD. I have it on DVD. So I feel like that. Well, maybe that's not a great argument, but I don't know. It's a TV. The TV special and the movies were. They don't put TV shows on DVD. No, of course not. What's your number nine? My number nine is. Movie from 1992 or advancing two years. Weirdly enough, my next movie is going to jump another two years ahead. So funny how that worked out. Uh, this is Muppet Christmas Carol, directed by Brian Henson. Let me just throw it out there that this is my number one. I wow. love this movie. Uh, well, I have barely anything written for this, because I haven't watched it in probably 20 years. But I, uh, I do remember liking it quite a bit. I love A Christmas Carol, the story overall. I think if of all the Muppet adaptation movies where they're adapting a different story, yeah. this is probably the best um, one, or one of the best one of those. Muppet Treasure Island also really Muppet good. Muppet Treasure Island is very good. Um, maybe I, think, I this, do think but, this is um, the best. But uh, yeah, we'll, we might hear more about A Christmas Carol later on my list. But uh, Michael Caine, great Scrooge for sure. A lot of fun songs here. See, but I think this version of The Christmas Carol is the best version. When I think well, see, of you're, A Christmas you're just Carol, wrong about that, but... when I think of A Christmas Carol, this is what I think of every single time. This one has the best songs. It has the Scrooge song, it has the One More Sleep Till Christmas, the one at Fozziewig's party, the Marley and Marley song. I mean, so many good songs that were specifically written for this version, and it is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Most versions, not not musicals, notably. Michael Caine as Ebenezer Scrooge, fantastic. Uh, it has all the rest of the usual cast of like Muppet movies. I mean, yeah. it, I don't have a ton to say here because it, it's just amazing. I literally watched it uh, maybe two hours ago. Uh, oh, it's, there you go. It is, and that's the third time we've watched it this year. We're we're trying to get uh, the kids into it, so I'm trying to Scott, encourage give it a me your best more. Kermit the Frog voice. Hmm, best Kermit the Frog. Um, Miss Piggy, um, I don't, I don't think you quite understand what it is that I'm, I'm going through here. There you go. How's that? Not bad. I can say exactly one thing in the Kermit the Frog voice, which okay. is Kermit the Frog here. Kermit the Frog here. That's it. That's mm-hmm. all I got. I got to think about it. Yeah. Maybe my nasal. I'm gonna blame my clogged uh, sinuses. I can. I can do an animal. <laughs> I, can do I can do the Swedish Chef. <laughs> and Muppets are really good. I don't know if you knew. Uh, yeah, except for Rolf, he's kind of the worst. Um, yeah, Rolf's very good. Harkening back to our dog conversation back in episode number insert episode here, it eight? was I don't know I eight or nine, whatever it was, doesn't matter. Um, when you were blatantly wrong about that, crimes are committed. In that episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You almost got divorced over it. That's terrible. It's rough. It is rough. But you know what? Your wife was right. Rolf is the worst. So yeah, uh, M- worth M- noting, Christmas Carol. Amazing. 
worth noting uh, my last note here on this one. Uh, this is the first Muppet movie to be made to be made after the death of Jim Henson. Oh, interesting. So yeah, every uh, every other one up to this point was uh, largely you know with him at the helm. Right. And so this is the first one his son took over on. Right. Well, his his son did a great job. I feel like this as a musical just makes sense. And well, you know I'm a fan of musicals anyway, but this one really, really takes the cake. And as far as Christmas, I mean, this is the the, the Christmas Carol. It's in the title, and True. it is a very traditional Christmas story. Yeah, you can't. Um, you can't. It, it, it's of a genre. It's of a subgenre that um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about in my next entry. Also worth noting that I uh, played his nephew Fred in our seventh grade play. We're going to hear more about Fred later too. Okay. Well, my number one and the only true number one Muppet Christmas Carol. I guess we should go to my number eight since you're slowly uncovering all of my list. You're not going to have any items left here. Here's one that's on your list. Most, most likely. All right. A Charlie Brown Christmas. 1965. it's, it's, It's an honorable mention. Okay. Fair enough. Well, in this, it is very good, and it's one that I watch every single year, and it's uh, largely due to my grandma. She was a big Peanuts fan, and uh, now that you know my father-in-law, after my grandma passed away, my father-in-law, also a huge Peanuts fan, so we have another reason to watch it. So we, we do watch this a couple times every year. Um, for those who have not seen the Charlie Brown Christmas special, it is, uh, Charlie is depressed. Shocking. Um, he, uh, as a result of that, he's asked to direct the Christmas play. And he becomes pretty discouraged due to the perceived commercialism of the holiday. Uh, he's unable to control the cast, and Charlie Charlie Brown decides that the play needs a more proper mood and recommends a Christmas tree. So Charlie picks the only real tree at the lot, which is a tiny sapling, not the aluminum pink Christmas tree like uh, Lucy wanted. Um, the others kind of scorn him and, and the tree and then walk away, and then Charlie Brown loudly asks if anyone knows what Christmas is all about, and, well, Linus says he does, and he walks to the center of the stage, asks for the spotlight, drops his security blanket, and recites the Annunciation to the Shepherds, and picks up uh, his blanket, returns, and says that's what Christmas is all about. So it's basically like, this is the Jesus conversation. Uh, And then he does, er, Charlie realizes he doesn't have to let the commercialism ruin his Christmas, so he takes the tree home to decorate it, and show the others that it will work in the play. Um, the others realize that they were maybe too hard on Charlie, and so uh, on his way home, he stops at Snoopy's doghouse, and Snoopy had been competing for a best-decorated uh, house competition, and he won. He's got a ribbon on his house. Um, and uh, he uh, Charlie hangs a large red Christmas ball on his tree, so this is the standard imagery of the Charlie Brown Christmas where he's got this tiny little sapling with one bulb on the top of it and it just bends the tree completely over. Kind of kind of sad, kind of pathetic. Um, notably, we also have a model of this same tree with the one red bulb and uh, I like it a lot. Oh, nice. Yeah. So yeah, the ornament's weight causes the tiny tree to bend to the ground. Uh, believing he has killed the tree, Charlie Brown, dejected, walks away. While the others arrive at Snoopy's doghouse, and as they all start to see its potential, Linus gently uprights the drooping tree, wraps his blanket around the base of it to give it some support, and then the others give the tree a makeover using more decorations from the doghouse, and even Lucy concedes to Charlie Brown's choice. 
The kids then start humming Hark the Herald Angel Sings. Hearing them, Charlie Brown returns to see that Sapling is now a magnificent Christmas tree, and all the kids shout, Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown, and then sing Hark with Charlie Brown joining in as snow begins to fall. And that's pretty much the entire movie. It's a very simple message. They're, they're upset about the commercialism of the holiday, and they want to hearken back to what the actual spirit is of the holiday. Um, it's funny that a Christmas special in 1965 was focused upset on about commercialism. Boy, this holiday has gotten way too commercialized. I Capitalism, know. Huh? I know. It's wild. I, that was exactly what I was thinking as I was uh, writing my notes for this. I'm like, yeah, you know what? That, it's 1965 and they were already upset about it. Like, man, times, Almost 60 times years really ago. don't change. Almost 60 years ago. Yeah. But anyway, it's a classic. We watch it every year. I like it a lot. I think it, you know, it's doesn't feature Snoopy a whole lot. It does a little bit, but not a whole lot. But the messaging is there, and I feel like it's it's a good movie to help remind us of why we're all together. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out there, even though it didn't make my list. Um, one of the main reasons is an honorable mention, because uh, this probably has the best music of any Christmas movie. Mm. Incredible, incredible soundtrack here. Mm. Muppet Christmas Carol is better. No, hard, hard disagree. Really good piano pieces in here. Vince Guaraldi doing some doing some doing some work. So, yeah, number eight, Charlie Brown Christmas. What's your number eight? Uh, my number eight, like I said before, two years ahead of 1992, we have 1994's The Santa Claus. Directed okay. by John Pasquin. So let's see. Did I find that, another one. Hey, you have. This is number five on my list. <laughs> All right, here we go. You only have four items left. Here we're we just going to uncover my entire list. Mine. That's funny. Um, all right. Well, uh, as a so, kid, I watched this movie a lot. So go ahead. It's a good movie. Uh, so, like I was saying before, there's a, so there's the subgenre that I think might make up over fifty percent of all Christmas media, which is I'm, I'm going to call it. Uh, cynical or shitty or disillusioned adult is forced to learn the true meaning of Christmas. Uh, uh, that's sure. You know, that's Christmas Carol. That's Santa Claus. Uh, that's a whole, whole lot of other stuff. Uh, so Tim Allen plays Scott Calvin, an adult who maybe what a great name. Maybe Scott. has lost the true meaning of Christmas uh, on Christmas Eve. Scott hears a noise on the roof and goes to investigate. It turns out to be Santa who is startled by him. And slips and falls to his death. That's right, folks. Scott killed Santa. You heard it here first. It was an accident. Uh, Santa's corpse disappears and leaves the suit behind. Uh, and then for inexplicable reasons, Scott decides to listen to the business card Santa left behind. Yep. Puts on the suit and flies to the North Pole in a sleigh. I feel like you should not do this, but, you know, he does it. Where's your uh, sense and, of and, adventure? And in doing so, he is now contractually bound to become Santa. Magically so. And then the rest of the movie largely covers the next year he as he se- ends up becoming Santa and how the magic of Christmas can fix everything mostly except for dead Santas. Right. I this love how good it's fun. I love how nobody is like sad that the other Santa or like nobody really acknowledges that the other Santa is gone. Nobody's upset. Yeah. It's well, presumably of... this has happened like multiple times throughout history. Sure. Well, there's a business card. Yeah, they, they got a process in place. They have, they have an onboarding program. It's not a very good onboarding program, honestly. He could be better. Tim Allen does not get a ton of stuff explained to him in, in no. He in gets that Bernard the sarcastic elf. Yeah, 
Uh, and then played by David. Then he Crumples. ends up being physically transformed via magic into Santa over the course of months. Yep. I mean, I, that's that's it. That's the movie. The bottom line is, I watched this movie a lot. I thought it was hilarious, and I just enjoyed seeing the movie over and over again. Some of my favorite scenes: uh, Wendy making the best hot cocoa in the world, shaken, not stirred. Which notably, I have tried that. Tastes no different, so don't don't bother. Um, there, there's a lot of funny reindeer interactions. Uh, there is his instant weight gain and then hair yep. growth. He shaves yep. and then it just instant beard coming back. Pretty funny. Um, the children lining up at the soccer game because they all instinctively know that he's Santa. And then uh, at the end, when Judge Reinhold, uh, Doctor Neil. Uh, gets his weenie whistle and he starts to believe how about that yeah i would say this is an uncommon one where you have the the adult who learns the true meaning of christmas then going forward to teach other adults also the true meaning of christmas and it's not like usually it's like a child that does that you know right in this subgenre. but yep and then uh, this uh, this was the start of two additional movies um one of which is good uh, christmas santa claus 2 is pretty good yeah I would Santa agree. Santa Claus 3, maybe not so much. Not great. Uh, and then there's a series now called The Santa Clauses. And it's yeah, a, that, that a was TV recent, show. I want to say. Haven't even watched it. I don't know anything not. about it. Uh, the second movie also introduces Elizabeth Mitchell uh, as uh, the future Mrs. Claus. Yep. And uh, she's very... I really like her. She went on to be in Lost and... The Expanse and a bunch of other stuff. She's great. Yeah, actually, that uh, that's in the second one, right? Yeah, I really like yep. that one. That's the one the, where they zoom in on the business card and realize that there was actually fine print around the right. edge of the business card saying he has get to married. get married. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Funny enough, it worked. I liked it. Uh, it was a good movie. Santa Claus 2. Not as good as number one, but still pretty good. It's in my honorable mentions. Yeah, the third one is like Martin Short is Jack Frost and there's weird stuff going on there. Yeah. That one that one's not so good. No, he feels more like Loki the trickster in that movie. Not, but, not the biggest Martin Short fan. He's fine. Yeah. But yeah. I watched only in the only murders th- in the Thanks building. for uncovering three of the ones on my list by putting them in the bottom of your list. I feel like this happens a lot. It well, okay. Well, why uh, don't we reverse I'm, it then? You tell us your number seven. Okay, uh, my number seven is uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Honorable uh, mention. 1946, the old, far and away the oldest movie on my list, directed by Frank, Frank Capra. Um, this movie takes place in New York. Oh, oh, and by the way, I forgot to mention, Santa Claus is another Chicago movie. It is. Yep. Um, so, we got that one on the list. Um, it's a Wonderful Life takes place in New York. Uh, Jimmy Stewart's great. Uh, you don't need to hear me talk about It's a Wonderful Life. You've seen it. Everyone has seen this movie. Angel yeah. gets a swing. Every time bell rings, I mean, Angel gets a swings. I just want to put it on here. It's a great movie. Jimmy Stewart is incredible. But that's it. Yeah, except that his character is fairly unlikable throughout that movie. Well, I, sure, he's supposed to be. I, well, okay. But we're supposed to be endearing him as the hero who's trying to change himself. And I just, I feel like he's learning. He's learning as the movie goes, you know, this movie is loosely based on a Christmas Carol, right? Sure, Yeah. And it's like, that's, that's the, that's kind of the format. It's not a one-to-one by any means, but it's kind of the format. Yeah. And you know, I wish I'd never been born, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure all Christmas movies could be lumped into just a, a handful of categories, right? 
could uh, I mean this one is this one's a little more specific than that because it's like okay you you have guy whose life is altered by uh being visited by a supernatural being um and educated on um how he you know how his perceptions of the world are wrong that's 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 a fairly specific model that they're adhering to here yeah yeah uh but it, and it also fi- i think it also fits my subgenre of um man has lost spirit of christmas regained spirit of christmas yeah my mother-in-law's so. favorite movie really yeah interesting it's well, good favorite christmas I like movie it. i don't i think okay. i feel like it's up that's there a, that's as a, a big favorite distinction. movie I no, I feel like it, it is up there as like one of her favorite movies of all time. Just in general. I should find out. Anyway, I know we talked about it when we talked about the top grossing movies of all time. Is that in there? Yeah. I don't so remember that. Oh I don't yeah. remember that. Oh yeah. But yeah, Wonderful Life. That's about all I got. It's good. Yep. You should watch it if you if you somehow haven't. Yeah, this movie's only what, eighty years old at this point, almost? Seventy seven? Yeah. Go watch it. Uh, what's your number seven? Number seven, the modern classic, Elf, 2003. Hey, you've uncovered something on my list. Look at Shocking. you. Shocking. Uh, this is my number two. It's a good movie. Uh, you know, I really like it. I just don't love it in the same way that some people obsess over this movie and think it's I, the I've... greatest, uh, you know, modern classic Christmas movie ever to be made. And... I, I just think that distinction is obnoxious. I it's will say good. Will Ferrell does a very good job of not being his normal stupid self in the performance. And oh, yeah. I normally do not like Will Ferrell comedies. Yeah, it's one of his I best performances. It's, it's great. Uh, James Caan, Zoe Deschanel, John Favreau, Peter Dinklage, Bob Newhart. Yep. I mean, yep. All right, so for those of you who haven't seen it, Buddy, a human, uh, is ultimately raised by Santa's elves. Uh, he founds his way into Santa's sack, uh, and it goes to the North Pole. Is raised by the elves, learns about his origins, heads to New York City. There you go. New York City. To meet his biological father. Yeah. Uh, major critical and commercial success, gro- grossing $220 million against a $33 million budget. Um, some of my favorite scenes in this one, we have the, the snowball fight where he just is incredible at making and hurling yep. snowballs. Yep. Um, he puts syrup on everything, including a ridiculous spaghetti concoction, which yeah, has that's... just so much candy on it. Very um, disgusting. Uh, the sing when they're singing, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town to raise the Christmas spirit so that they can fully power the sleigh without the engine. Um, when he hears that Santa's coming to the department store and he yells, Santa, I know him. Um, oh my God. Uh, notably the manager, uh, I forget the, the actor's name. Um, phase on love. Okay. Yeah. So he has a name tag that says Wanda because originally it was supposed to be Wanda Sykes playing that character and they never bothered to change the name tag. So he's like, nah, just whatever. I'll just be Wanda. Um, and then, uh, Peter Dinklage, uh, his character attacking Buddy because he kept referring to him as an elf and uh, asking about Santa's, you know, plan and all that crap. And yeah, he didn't find that funny. So Peter Dinklage kicked yeah, his way, butt. Way pre Game of Thrones. Way, way pre Game of Thrones. Peter Dinklage. So yeah, it, I mean, I get it. It is a modern classic in the way that 
it has Christmas spirit. It has an origin story. It has, you know, finding your, your true self. And I, I think it's a good movie. I just don't love it in the same way that a lot of people do. Uh, I think this again adheres to the genre of man has lost spirit of Christmas and regains it. It's just that it's not buddy who has lost it. Right, it's, it's his, his dad. dad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So some other notes I have here. Um, I, some other stuff I really enjoy about this movie. There's a lot of very good sight gags in this movie. Um, early in the movie, you have the, um, him in the North pole as he has become an adult. Um, Cause when he's a kid, it's fine. He's the same size as the elves, but then he becomes an adult and is just dramatically larger than all the other elves and doesn't fit into anything. And that that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, him in the, yeah. the school desk or yeah. Making the, the toys and trying. And, yeah. Yeah. The shower. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you got uh, and and Bob Newhart as Papa Elf, um, as a as a role. I always like Bob Newhart, and fun to see him here. Um, there's another New York movie. I'm checking that one. There's another one of the locations, right? Yep. Some of the other stuff. Uh, some of my favorite scenes here. Uh, Buddy leaving the North Pole and saying goodbye to the claymation North Pole animals, only for them to run in terror as a giant horn rises up from the sea. It's a narwhal who says, <laughs> "Bye, Buddy. Hope you find your dad." And then Buddy goes, "Bye, Mister Narwhal." Um, that, that seems very good. Um, and then just all the fun stuff with Buddy not understanding the real world, uh, just running across the street in New York and getting full on hit by a taxi. Yep. That that's a good sight gag. Um, the escalators. All the stuff the fake, yep. All the stuff with the fake department store Santa. Yep. Um, you're not you're Santa. Not Santa. This guy's sitting on the throne of lies. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's really good. Um, uh, you know, it's just like Buddy the Elf. What's your favorite color? Um, just a lot of. Yeah, Will Ferrell is leaning as hard as he can into Buddy having being full of childlike joy, and that just totally works for me. It's very, it's very funny throughout the movie. Um, and shout out to Ed Asner, um, R.I.P., uh, who's a very good grumpy Santa here. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I absolutely love this movie. Number two on my list. Um, you know, not yeah. not everyone's favorite, certainly, but um, a, a classic in my family. Sure, modern classic. All right, um, we're gonna with that we're gonna take a little bit of an early break, earlier break than normal, since we've uncovered so much of the top of Scott's list here. We don't have that many things left, so we're gonna take a break and we're gonna come back to segment two, finish out the rest of this list. So stick around, folks. Well, hey there. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. You got show ideas or comments, you're probably not going to reach out to us because, historically speaking, nobody has. But you should try to email us at stupidsequence at gmail.com. That's S-T-U-P-I-D-S-E-Q-U-E-N-C-E at gmail.com. And now, the rest of our list. Josh, what's your number six? The rest of the story. Uh, My number six... Duplicate alert. Wow, fast. You, You already know, huh? I bet it's the uh, same number as my number six. Is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh my god. Were you correct? Uh no, it's uh it's actually Okay. It's okay. actually not my number six. It's uh my um, number three. <laughs> oh, but there we go. Nineteen eighty-nine, Jeremiah S. Chechik is our director here. Written and produced by John Hughes. John Hughes showing up a bunch. Yeah, turns out Christmas guru, John Hughes. Uh 
Teen movie guru, John Hughes. Doesn't direct um, any of the Christmas movies, but writing and producing? Yeah, sure, why not? This is probably the best Chevy Chase movie, right? Uh, ooh. That, that feels like a very broad statement. I don't know if I'm willing to commit to that yet. I'm going to have to think about it. I think it's probably my favorite Chevy Chase movie. Well, no, that, that saying I is not the with. biggest Chevy Chase fan, but um, <clears throat> this is another Chicago movie. I'm just checking them off the list here. Uh, Chevy Chase is playing yeah. Clark Griswold, a man who has become extremely fixated upon mm. having the perfect Christmas with his family this year. Uh, everything is quickly derailed by all the extended family coming to stay with them for Christmas, and nothing goes the way he wanted. As Christmas lights cause a power outage, shenanigans are trying to get a Christmas tree. Randy Quaid shows up in an RV and is just the absolute worst. Cousin Eddie? Yeah. yeah. So there's, uh, there's a lot of goofy hum- humor in this one. Uh, stuff just kind of rapidly escalates out of hand. Uh, there's a lot of real, real shenanigans here. Um, but yeah, I, it's not quite good enough to make my top five, but still very good movie. I, I really enjoy it. Now, see, I think this is the epitome uh, and the completeness of the crazy family Christmas. When you sure. think of, I'm bringing the family to stay with me, this is what you think of. You think... There's a, like, there's I, a little bit of that in Home Alone, certainly early no. in the movie. Oh yeah, right at the beginning, leans, sure. This but movie leans into it way, way harder. That's the core of this movie, right? Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, so it was based on John Hughes' short story, Christmas 59. It was published in National Lampoon, right? Uh, and it tells the story of Clark Griswold's efforts to have a good old-fashioned family Christmas. But yeah, what I love about this is it talks about all the different things that are surrounding the activities of the holidays, but then it exaggerates them kind of to the fullest extent. Um, like you said, his cousin Eddie comes to visit. Eddie's like kind of a redneck, super poor, um, is just a big, dumb, lovable idiot. Uh, well-meaning, but just kind of like, the jerk cousin that nobody wants to see. Shitter's full. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, you gotta, you see him out there in his way too short robe uh, and that uh, hat and just kind of emptying the stuff into the drain. Playing not, the not character great. that Randy Quaid has played in every single movie he's ever been in. Yep. Uh, the fact that his daughter, Ruby Sue, uh, became cross-eyed because she was kicked by a mule, but then got uncrossed again. <laughs> Uh, just ridiculous. Uh, the chat, the cat chewing on the Christmas lights, and then the cat explodes. Like, <laughs> also pretty funny. Um, Clark's get up while he's watching old movies in the attic because he's trapped in the attic, and the whole family's gone shopping. Uh, the super greased up sled. He puts the industrial grease on it. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, good. when they carved the turkey, and it just goes and just kind of like like a death croak it's terrible uh clark's pool fantasy where he imagines the the pool that he's going to get with that bonus check which you know at the time the i think it was like seven eight thousand dollars whatever uh it's a pretty significant amount of money this is 1989 and that was the bonus he was going to get and he was going to get a pool for everybody um but what about what if it was a jelly of the month club (laughs) well that wouldn't that be something um the attacking squirrel, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus, and the uh, the icicle fiasco, where he's cleaning out like... the ice and just shoots through the window, and uh, yeah. Anytime I... I can see Elaine in something, yeah, I'm a big fan. She's so pissed off in that movie; it's great. 
let's see the shopping scene where he goes with uh cousin Eddie to the store and he's like picking out dog foods and uh it's obvious that he doesn't have money for the kids for the holiday. Yeah. Uh, full blown four alarm holiday emergency. Uh, you know, it, well, he's talking about where he's like, he goes off on his rant. He says, ah, oh, full blown four alarm holiday emergency. And he, they're still going to press on and have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. <laughs> like, I don't think anybody expected the F bomb in that movie, uh, especially in that particular scene, but uh, he he then uh, rants about uh, when Santa Claus is, is, is going to squeeze his fat white ass down the chimney tonight. He's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nut house. <laughs> uh, his breakdown is pretty great in that movie. Uh, and then, of course, at the end where Eddie kidnaps his boss, and then instead of the police pressing charges, it's really uh the the boss's wife is pissed off um at him for cutting the bonuses like you said you weren't going to do that like she's she's like i can't believe you did that i told you not to and he recognizes that it's his fault and he gets the check for the bonus and uh you know everybody lives happily ever after yeah still got to deal with a completely terrifying and dysfunctional family that you know, I I hate the idea of having all of my in-laws over for that much time, like it's in-laws and cousins. In place, clearly, it, it is like I get that they're out of towners, but the fact that they show up like a week—it's more than a week, right? Before Christmas, like eight days or something. I think so. Yeah, I'm like, man, it's too much. You're hosting the family and everyone for that long. Like, I get he's, that he's people gonna, used to do that for Christmas, but yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not into that anymore. I'm like, okay, we'll show up the day of and we'll leave in a few hours. How's that sound? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I feel like this, this movie does a great job of, of, uh, explaining some of the ins and outs of all the things that happen during the holidays. And it's hilarious. The lighting scene's hilarious. Chevy Chase. Yeah. I, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, it probably is one of his best movie performances community excluded because i think his performance in community at least initially very good Um, that's not a that's not a movie yet uh yeah not a not yet you're right it is not a movie yet uh so yeah that being said it is my number three and it was your number what six number six pretty great pretty great movie and uh i talked with several people over the last week about what the best christmas movie of all time was and a lot of people said this movie it is a near and dear movie that everybody seems to relate to or want to watch, and uh, it, it makes them think of their own family when they watch it. So I feel like that's that's got to have some additional bonus to it. It's a good one, certainly. But anyway. All right. Um, I'm going to try to preserve some of your entries here. I'm going to let's jump to my number five. We'll come back to your number six later. <laughs> okay, yeah. Maybe, maybe it'll be a duplicate. We'll see. It is. You're going to tell me. You're going to say my number six right now. Uh, I'm not, uh, because my number five is the 1999 film A Christmas Carol, directed by David Jones. Yes, yeah, I might. Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, this is the Patrick Stewart one, and is the superior Christmas Carol. Ah, uh, yeah. Patrick Stewart uh, is very good. Patrick Stewart is incredible. He is the best. Ebenezer Scrooge. I think Michael Caine is still good. better. 
Michael Caine's very good. Don't get me wrong. Um, the Michael Gambon one and the Doctor Who special. Also uh, yeah, good. also very good, but also quite good. Not a movie. Um, not a movie. No, and that, you know, not not as good. Well, as I mean, it is a TV <clears throat> special, or anyway. True, but yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're back to Christmas Carol. I, I don't need to delve into the story of a Christmas Carol since you already know it. Um, but uh, this version of it specifically is based on a one-man stage show that Patrick Stewart did in the '90s on Broadway. Um. And there is an audiobook version of that one-man show that Patrick Stewart does that is very good. I would recommend that as well. Keep an eye out for that, I guess. In, in stores now. Uh, but yeah, great cast here. We got Richard E. Grant as Bob Cratchit. A uh, real memorable performance from Bernard Lloyd as the ghost of Jacob Marley. And um, a pre-The Wire Dominic West, McNulty himself, as Scrooge's nephew Fred. Aha. That's um, what you were talking about. Yep. Yeah, uh, so I had I had forgotten that McNulty is in this movie, um, but yeah, it's gonna be a tough ranking episode, I think. Uh, yeah, Christmas Christmas Carol always been one of my favorite Christmas related stories, and I think, you know, you're here for the Patrick Stewart, and he absolutely delivers. What what a great movie! I have seen it, I just don't watch it as often. It's the best one of the Christmas Carol movies. Hmm. Maybe, according to you. There are there are there are many more outside of the two we have mentioned. Oh yeah, so many adaptations. But, and then there's TV uh, shows I'm, that I'm do the definitely adaptation. Happy to say, I'm definitely happy to say these are the best two. I I probably agree with that. Easy. Except maybe the Doctor Who version. <laughs> Let's get your number six next. We'll we'll jump over there now. Presumably on your list as well, number six is A Christmas Story, 1983. Hey, you found my number one. You shoot your eye out, kid. Hey, this movie is the best. It is very good. It's it's so good. This one, for me, the style that it's portrayed in is very enjoyable. You know, the different various memories of of his life. Um, yeah, this is it's a lot more. It's less of a contiguous story here. And it's more of just like, hey, I'm adult adult Ralphie, who's our main yeah. character. Ralphie is our main character here. He's telling. The being story. nostalgic. He's just being nostalgic and telling us here's the basically the December of nineteen forty when he was nine years old. Yeah. Um, here's all the stuff that happened around Christmas. Yep. Um and Yeah, right. He's uh his friend sticks his tongue to a metal pole and yeah. it, it really does get triple stuck. dog area. Yeah. Uh his dad wins a major award from a newspaper contest. It's a major it's, award. It's a table lamp. In the shape of a woman's leg wearing a fishnet stocking, which is has now become an iconic oh, yeah, piece of absolutely. imagery associated the, the with lamp. this. I mean, people have the leg lamp Christmas ornaments, or they have an actual, leg, actual lamp. leg lamp. Yeah, yeah. it it is until uh, until uh, Ralphie's mom accidentally breaks it. The everything around the leg lamp is I is like theoretically maybe the best part of this movie. Um, I love fragile. that he Gile must yeah. be Italian. Fragile, yeah. Um, yeah, I love he's not even he doesn't even call him his dad. He calls him the old man. The old man. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I like the the whole story arc with the secret decoder ring that he earned through the Ovaltine and sure finally gets it. And then Ovaltine. And then it just ends up being another ad for Ovaltine. He's like, oh, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, 
While unsuccessfully helping the old man change a blown tire, Ralphie accidentally lets an F-bomb slip and uh, gets his mouth washed out with the life buoy soap as a punishment. And that night he fantasizes about making his parents sorry by becoming blind from soap poisoning. Yep. Fantastic. I don't know about you, but I have had soap in my mouth before. And uh, I had a choice. I could either do two minutes of the liquid soap and I had to swish it around like a mouthwash. or I had to stick a bar in my mouth for 10 minutes and I was like, oh, give me the bar. That's easy. No, it sucked. It was awful. It was absolutely awful. Some great scenes around um, some great stuff around the uh, the 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 the, the fudge. Um, uh, Only I didn't say fudge. Yeah, he he has uh, he tells his uh, he he narks on his friend and tells his mom that he heard it from his friend. So she calls. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She calls the friend's mom. He said, what? (laughs) <laughs> you just hear her over the phone yeah just beating him beat like, what i do mom what i do um uh, and it's just this little throwaway line is like you know where i heard his mom's talking to her to the other mom yeah and uh she says you know where he heard it and you could hear the other mom say probably from his father <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really good. Uh, that's um, I think the other other bit around there is um, they all of a sudden they can't find um, Randy, Ralphie's little brother, and eventually he's he's crammed himself under the kitchen sink. Oh yeah, and they're like, Randy, why are you down there? And he goes, Daddy's gonna kill Ralphie. <laughs> they're like, No, come on, Randy. Daddy's gonna kill Ralphie. Randy's yeah. just the worst kid. Uh, uh, seeing him in that giant puffball suit yep. is uh, as somebody who had a little brother man I I really enjoyed that yeah. scene uh, oh uh, he gets that uh, embarrassing pink bunny onesie from his aunt yep. and that's that's good they that's force classic. him to try it on and oh it's so adorable and his old man's like it's a pink nightmare yeah <laughs> You got the uh, uh yeah. the the neighborhood bully Scott Farkas. Oh yes, Scott Farkas. He had yellow eyes. Honest to God, yellow eyes. <laughs> Sounds like he's jaundiced. I don't know. It doesn't sound great. Um, the old man is frequently chased by that pack of I think they said at least seven hundred and eighty five smelly hound dogs. Yeah, which was owned by the Bumpus family, the Packers hillbilly neighbors. And on Christmas Day, the dogs ruin the Packers' dinner by romping through their kitchen and eating their turkey, forcing the family to go to a Chinese restaurant to eat, where they enjoy an entertaining dinner of Chinese turkey. It's smiling at me. It's smiling. Uh, they far, do the... Uh, far, uh, yes, that's great. I, I saw the... Um, uh, one of my favorite bits in there is uh, they go to the department store, Santa... Um, and it's just the worst Santa. How, how, how? Yeah, right. you know. And he, but he's stuck in line for a million years with the kid who's just the weirdest kid. He's like, just keeps staring at Ralphie and goes, "I like the Wizard of Oz." Yeah. <laughs> and Ralphie's like, "Oh uh, yeah, great, okay." And then, of course, Ralphie chokes. I like the doesn't, Tin Man. Doesn't tell Santa what he wants for Christmas, and then. Eventually, he said, "What did he say? A fire truck?" And then he says, "A football." A football. Yeah. And then the narration. He's like, "A football? Why would I say a football? No, that's terrible." Yeah. And then, of course, spoilers. 
1983. So if you haven't watched it in the last 40 years, you know, do yourself a favor and go watch this movie. But um, everybody's telling him, you get that Red Rider BB gun, you're going to shoot, shoot your eye out, kid. kid. And then, of course, the first thing he does is shoot it at his metal target. It ricochets back and hits him in the the glasses. And he's like, oh, my God, I did it. I shot my eye out. <laughs> and then he proceeds to step on his glasses. And then he convinces his mother that it wasn't the gun, but instead an icicle that attacked yep. him. And Fell off the house. Yep. It was his icicle. And I, I lost my glasses and I stepped on it. His, his mom buys the whole thing. And then he keeps the gun and, yep. you know, he sleeps with it that night. He's, he's none the, she's none the wiser and he's happy. Best Christmas gift he ever got. It's a great movie. Some might call it the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Some some might. They'd be wrong, but some might some say that. Might. But yeah, that's uh, you have that's successfully eliminated one. all but one on my list, and there you all only have two one. on your list. So why don't you all give right. us your number four? Let's hope it doesn't duplicate my number two. <laughs> my guess is probably not. Um, we're going back to the Rankin Basswell. Nope, not uh, 1964's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Honorable mention. Directed by Larry Romer and Kizo Nagashima. Yep. Uh, I, this is easily my favorite of the animated Christmas specials of yore. And, you know, there's tons and tons of them, but I think this is just the best one. So Rudolph has a bunch of different memorable characters that are uh, frequently very weird. Uh, we have uh, Hermie, the elf who wants to be a dentist. There's the mountain man, Yukon Cornelius. Uh, we got Burl Ives as Sam the Snowman, who's kind of narrating and is also kind of a presence in the story and is also singing because it's Burl Ives. That's why you get him in there, you know? Yep. Um, and Aww, the absolute grumpiest Santa snowman. that has ever existed. This Santa is such a dick in this movie, <laughs> and it is very funny. Um, he's just such an asshole to everyone. I mean, so Rudolph is a story with a lot of meanness built into it, right? There's all the other reindeer being jerks to Rudolph. This one's very blunt. And everyone. Yeah. Santa is just an asshole to everyone in this movie. He is just a dick. <laughs> like, for no reason. It's very funny. Um, but yeah, the other stuff in here, you got the abominable snow, mo- abominable snow monster of the north. The, oh, I can't the talk. The bumble. Yep, the, the bumble. Uh, we we have the a doll. Misfit toys. We've got a stuffed bumble. It's uh, oh, nice. on our mantle. Uh, yeah. And and my last note here, Burl Ives obviously did a lot of recordings of different Christmas song, but his voice here as Sam the Snowman is synonymous with Christmas in my head. Mm. I think of Christmas, I'm thinking of this voice. I hear this voice, I think of Christmas. Frosty the Snowman. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I He's, feel like uh, my stuffed uh, one of the best. sinuses are actually helping me imitate the Burl Ives voice. I can't go that deep, though. It's like, if if uh what's his name oh my god uh my brain is foggy um darth vader james earl jones yes if james earl jones could sing he would be burl lives <laughs> can james earl jones sing i don't know that i've ever heard james earl jones sing oh uh well it's because he goes under a stage name for it and it's burl lives <laughs> i think uh i don't think that's accurate no it's not definitely not but I, I equate their voices. They, you in know, my Burl mind, Ives, they are very Burl similar. Burl Ives is a white guy. Doesn't matter. They're talking about the voice, not the person. Yep. Yeah. Rudolph, Good addition. That, another movie that I'm pretty sure I watch every single year. You know, try to get the kids into the Christmas spirit and 
explain to them how bullying is wrong and yeah if you want to be a dentist and you know enjoy a terrible profession where you gotta be in smelly mouths all the time then fine do it i know someone who is a dentist yeah so do i it's my dentist <laughs> i mean like <laughs> yeah. outside of being you know being my dentist oh. this person is not my dentist Oh, okay. <laughs> this person is just dating someone that I know okay. and am friends with. Jeez. They're like, oh, I'm glad you know a dentist. Uh, you know, that's it's a good, good thing to have, uh, a dentist. All right. Well, we got one uh, left on each of our lists, and I have a sneaking suspicion that it could be a duplicate. My number two, How the Grinch Stole three. Christmas. How the Grinch Soul Christmas. 2000, 2000. 2000 specifically. Directed the Jim Carrey version. Ron Howard. Yes. We're not talking this about movie, the Benedict Cumberbatch or the original. No, get that get that version out of here for no. sure. Um okay. but the uh and, and and nothing wrong with the original animated special either. That is very good. Sure. We have Boris Karloff doing that. Um you know, I I it's really like that one as well. I like but, Jim Carrey better. You know, this is and I, I, I feel like this is kind of a controversial pick because a lot of people really hate this movie. Oh. Um, my my wife was watching this right after the Christmas Carol. <laughs> this movie's great. I love this movie. It's, it's so similarly to this kind of mirrors my pick with Elf. Much like how I really don't like most Will Ferrell comedies, I generally don't love most of the Jim Carrey comedies really? either. See, um, I like Jim Carrey a lot. I think he's hilarious. But this movie, for whatever reason, totally lands Top for me. Top ten Jim Carrey movies. This is this is probably I, I like more Jim Carrey comedies than I do Will Ferrell ones. That's fair. Um, but this is probably my favorite of the Jim Carrey ones. Cable Guy, uh, The Mask, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Cable one Guy's and not really two. a comedy, is it? Yes, it is. Absolutely. I don't, I don't know. No. What? Um, but yeah, he, he, here he's under like thirty pounds of prosthetics and makeup. Yep. Um, to play the Grinch. Uh, but. I, I think my favorite thing of this, about this movie is just how weird it is. They just make so many weird decisions around how to adapt the Dr. Seuss book. Yeah. And just jamming a bunch of extra weird stuff in there. Um, like uh, the, the bizarre origin story. The yeah. origin story they come up for childhood Grinch having a childhood crush on the lady from The Good Wife. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's very bizarre. Yeah. Uh, what, really what's strange. her name? Uh, Christine Baranski, right? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Yeah, because it's uh, and then Jeffrey Tambor's in it. Yep. He's Molly the, Shannon, the mayor. Yep. The makeup on the Who's is all really weird. Their hairstyles. Yeah, and then just like the what they do with the turned up nose to the make noses, them look a little bit yeah. more like the 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 illustrations in the book. It is a little bit bizarre, but. And somehow it's great. Like oh, yeah. I, I love it. All it. Works. It all works. Um, and 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 the thing that ties it all together the most is just Jim Han- Jim Carrey going full ham on, um, just leaning all the way into goofy Jim Carrey stuff. Um, for whatever reason, it works for me here. We got uh, like the Grinch's answering machine message. Yeah. If you utter so much as one syllable, I'll hunt you down and gut you like a fish. If you'd like to fax me, press the star key. Yeah. <laughs> 6.30, dinner with me. Can't cancel that again. I feel like there's a lot of introverts that hear that and they're like, oh yeah, I, I get there's, that. Like, <laughs> there's a large percentage of this movie that's just like him talking to himself or Max the dog. Um, oh, like when he's talking to his Echo and he's like, yeah. I'm not alone, I have myself. Uh, hello, hello. And then he tries to trick his Echo and he's like, I'm an idiot. And the Echo responds, you're an idiot. <laughs> it's just... 
It's great. Goofy movie. This is uh, um, this is one of my favorite lines. It's just real, just a lot of real dumb jokes. Like um, he pretends I... to throw a stick for the dog, and, and he goes like, "Oh, it's the stick!" and throws the stick, and the dog runs after it, and he goes, "There's no stick. I'm smarter." <laughs> uh oh uh, he talks about how he starts to speak in rhyme uh Uh you know least and uh what does he say the roast beast and i you know i can't have that in the least and uh he's like i'm speaking in rhyme can't have that (laughs) yeah yeah it's pretty good oh uh, i i like the um the news of the uh of a christmas horror movie featuring the grinch and the fact that this version only seeks to mildly annoy and inconvenience people that makes it seem like he might not be such a mean one after all like specifically when he's going through the mail and giving people jury duty yep <laughs> jury duty it's jury duty good. jury duty <laughs> yeah they uh there's a um one of my favorite bits uh is he's just like turning on like all of the different uh equipment and stuff going on and this is making a lot of noise and he turns on the giant monkey that bit client clanging the symbols together um you know and he just shouts play monkey play and that just <laughs> that just really cracks me up yeah. it's very funny yeah jim carrey i i feel like he's the only person that probably could have done justice to that role in that movie in that specific instance it was just the perfect match if you want to compare it to the other ill-fated adaptations of Doctor Who books, Doctor, Doctor Who, Doctor Seuss, Doctor Seuss books. I was going to say, what um, are you talking they, about? No, I, I misspoke. Um, Doctor Seuss books. Uh, if you compare this to, say, the Mike Myers uh, Cat in the Hat movie. That's rough. Which is absolute dog shit. I love Mike um, Myers, not that movie. I do not love Mike Myers. I don't. So I Married an Axe Murder is good. You didn't watch enough Austin Powers as a kid. I don't like Austin Powers at all. His movies suck. Um, We're not getting not, into this. Right not now. my type of humor. But not, not um, a Christmas movie. Not worth discussing. It's true. Um, Horton here's a who though the animated version pretty good. That's I, not I like bad. that a lot. It's okay. Kids the, like the, it. The scene the scene where they do the anime thing is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, that that's pretty good. Um, I am the wind. Horton is the greatest hero of them all. Huh? I can run so um, fast. But yeah. Yes. This movie's great. Jim Carrey, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Cindy Lou not being afraid of him, but like they take it to an extreme. He just, she shows up. uh, Oh, uh, what was the scene where he takes the mistletoe and he's like, and kiss it. And he puts it right on his ass and is like, I don't know. I feel like that's another way of how Jim Carrey, like he's good at the sight gag thing, is really what it boils down to. So, oh, the you're right. The origin story, like the young Grinch scenes, are also kind yep. of bizarre. Where yep. he's like, he has to start shaving, or he decides yep. to start shaving and cuts himself a few times. And he's raised by those two old ladies. And he yep. runs into them later. And he's like, "You're still alive." <laughs> also, in the Grinch world, babies literally come from the Stark. Uh, yep. Yeah. And the Grinch was a misdeliver. He was a weird looking baby. Place. Makes you wonder where he was supposed to be delivered, and you know. Is he an ugly duckling in that case? Turns out he's a swan. Anyway, Jim Carrey is the Grinch. And with that, we've actually completed both our lists. We have. We made it through. Uh, We're going to take another break here, and then we're going to come back with any honorable or dishonorable mentions, of which I have a few. Um, And then we'll argue about which items belong on the official top ten. So stick around, folks. 
welcome back, everyone. If you made it this far, then you've been able to manage through the sickness that I am clearly having. Yeah, I, I think you are. You seem to be on the downturn where I am coming out of it. I thought I was on the upturn this morning. I felt good. Like I could actually breathe when I woke up. And yet somehow since we started recording, I have sneezed 50 times. I'm going to blame your children. <sighs> children are vectors for disease. Okay, I'll blame my children too. But we also had a work party yesterday. Were there children there? No, but I'm going to blame other people at the work party. I don't know if any of them were sick, but I'm going to blame them. I've transmitted my COVID to you digitally. Oh, thank you. I didn't realize it was that kind of virus. Um, Fortunately, now it is. <laughs> dang. I shouldn't have put that USB in. Um, anyway, if you made it this far, you're enjoying yourself. Give us a review, a rating. Tell somebody about this show. We're going to keep going. Let's rank our top ten. Actually, honorable mentions first. Honorable mentions. Go yeah. ahead, Josh. I, only have a, I, I have a few. Yeah, I only uh, have a few. My honorable mentions, we <clears throat> mentioned uh, the OG Grinch uh, TV special. We mentioned Charlie Brown Christmas already. Uh, my other honorable mention is Miracle on 34th Street. Um, Wait, which one? The original or the remake? I think both are good. I mean, the original is kind of... That's, that's the classic, right? The remake is the one that I've watched the most. Um, it's like 94 or something, I would Yeah, say. it's with the girl that played Matilda, whose name evades yep. me. Um, yeah, I don't remember. But I liked her in Matilda, so that's when I saw that. I was like, oh, cool, I'll see her again. And I saw that as a fine. kid, and I only saw Matilda a few months ago. All right, let me, let me throw some of mine in there then, because there, there's a number of Christmas movies that I've seen that I, as a kid, loved, but now I'm like, yeah, I don't really like those movies. Um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Frosty's good. Scrooged. Um, that's the Bill Murray one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sure is. It's, it's fine. Um, we might hear about that in a minute. Bad Santa. Uh, I, I just think it's hilarious. Um, Garfield's animated Christmas special, like I said. Jingle all the way. Polar Express kind of annoys me. I almost want to put that in a dishonorable mention, because specifically because of that one super nerdy kid that is like, just annoying as hell. Um, Ernest Saves Christmas. I don't know if you remember any of the Ernest movies. Oh, I sure do. Well, there's an Ernest Saves Christmas. Uh, Jack Frost. Jim Richie, Richie Rich's Christmas Wish. And, of course, Santa Claus 2. So, what do you got? Dishonorable mentions? Dishonorable mentions. I have Scrooged, because that movie is dog shit. I know people I like it. Dog I, shit. Just, I hate, I hate it's that fine. movie. I hate that movie. I was forced to watch that by uh, a friend. It's definitely not the best ago. Scrooge. If we can agree on or something. I do not like that movie at all. I have um, the Polar Express on here because that movie is dog shit. <laughs> um, the animation is just wildly uncanny valley nightmare. Um, it's just it's bad. It's real bad. <laughs> um, uh, I have Nightmare Before Christmas on here because I don't like that movie at all. If you don't want to call it a Christmas movie, that's okay. I just, I don't think that movie's good. Which one, sorry? Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's a great movie. Not and a then movie. Uh, a Christmas special that is bad. Not Frosty the Snowman. Original Frosty is good. I'm talking about the sequel series they made like 20 years later. Or sequel uh, special they made like 20 years later. Frosty Returns, which is actually... Um, Unfortunately for him, John Goodman in the is voicing Frosty in that one. Uh, it's really bad. There's I don't remember that. songs that are bad. Uh, that's the one where they sing, "Let there be snow, let there be snow." 
This time weather brings people together. I don't remember the lyrics, but um, it's a it's bad. It's yeah, I don't, not, I don't it's remember. It's not that well one. done compared to original Frosty, which is pretty good. This one, pretty not good. But yeah, that's uh, that's my dishonorable mentions. You got any? No, I I just had. I agree with you. Polar Expresses. I don't understand why people like that movie. Con- conceptually, I get it, but the movie itself is not great. So, anyway, let's do some ranking let's here. Make rank. It, make it snappy. Let's make a final list. I don't. Think this uh, is I didn't move be these. Difficult. I didn't move these over yet. So I'm gonna do. Well, that I copied the numbers and the titles at least. So go ahead and move. That's some good. Stuff. That's good. Uh, I'm also. How much duplicates do we actually have in the top five here? We have a couple, but we've Grinch. That yeah, that's the only one that's really. I think that's the only one that's the top five. So we'll throw the sixes in there. But my six is those are also both duplicates. Yeah. So seven. That's actually fine. No, that's fine because if if the if the top five there's one duplicate, that means there's nine movies. If the sixes are also oh, there's they're duplicates of the existing one. Yes, they're both duplicates, so not of each other. Throw the sevens in there. Right. Yeah, well, your seven's a duplicate and mine is not. So. Okay, well. There we go. We have ten movies here that are from the top portions of this list. I'm going to run down what those are real quick. Uh, uh, Christmas yeah. Story, Elf, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, A Christmas Carol, Muppet Christmas Carol, It's a Wonderful Life, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, and The Santa Claus. I'm just uh, going to say It's a Wonderful Life, ten. Rudolph yeah, the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Easy 10. Um, that's... I'm, I'm sadder to have Rudolph that low. Alright, well, you have to do that but yet, but we can good. talk about it. It's good. Uh, let, let's, uh, let's do some easy ranking. How the Grinch Stole Christmas was my number two, your number three. I think it's obvious it's gonna make a top five. Oh yeah, Grinch is... Grinch is gonna make an upper list here, certainly. Uh, I think Elf... Let's see, Elf Christmas Story. Christmas Story is definitely going to be in Christmas the top Story five. is definitely making the top five. Muppet Christmas Elf Carol is definitely making the top, making the top five. five. Well, Elf, I don't know. It might be a five or a six. I think Elf, Elf is, is more of a mid-grade. No, Elf is more of a mid-grade. Elf is making the top five. We'll see. We'll see. Muppet Christmas Carol is definitely a top five. We'll see. Christmas Carol is more like a bottom, for sure. Yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay with Christmas Carol being a little bit National lower. Lampoon's like Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Also, top five. You had it. Um, you had it at six. I had it at three. I feel like that's, you know, I a, think our on number average, nine, that's a four and a half. <laughs> I think our number nine can easily be the Santa Claus. Let's see. It's your number five. It's my number eight. Five and eight. Uh, I think that's a pretty. I think that's a pretty easy case for, for number nine. I'm looking at what's what else is left here. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm actually okay with that. Let's let's throw that there. The <clears throat> Santa Claus. I think Rudolph is right after that, though. Maybe yeah, okay maybe maybe Christmas Carol is right after that. Um, you had Christmas Carol ranked a little bit lower. Yeah, my Christmas Carol is five. Um, I like it so much more than Home Alone, though. I like Rudolph better than Christmas Carol. Yep. Um, but I like yeah, Home Alone a lot better I, I than both do. those. I also do. So Let's actually, do... I think Rudolph should be seven, maybe even six. If if you put, let's see, hold on. Let's put Home Alone at seven, Rudolph yeah, okay at six. That. Yeah, let's do that. 
and then Christmas Carol at, five, uh, at eight. Right yeah, yeah. Yep. This book. Okay, so we have five, and I copied Santa Claus instead of deleting it. What'd you just delete? Right, Rudolph. Oh, okay. Yeah, I accidentally copied a couple of these. Yep. Okay, so we have we've we made a bottom five pretty easily here. We have five movies. I think National Lampoon is number five. Um. Yeah, I think I think that's a good fit. Yep. It's number six for me. Number three for you. I think that's a good split. So now we're we're Muppet Christmas Carol. We're Elf. We're How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh-huh. And a Christmas story. So where where are we ranking those? Let's see. I mean, I like these three movies. These other three movies way way more than Muppet Christmas Carol. But it is your number one. It is my number one. So it is my number one. And of the three here, here. Uh, I had Grinch two, and I had Alpha seven, and Christmas Story. Uh, I had a six. So Elf is the lowest for me. I uh, think there's a decent argument here. You know, since your number one is so low for me, my number one is so low for you comparatively. Um, I think I think we could slot Grinch in at one, two and three comparatively for both of us. How about I, I love that movie? You love that movie? Yeah. All right. How about this? Grinch one. All right. Elf four. Christmas Story two. Muppet Christmas Carol three. Yeah, I can, I'm fine with that. That's kind of what I was thinking. Okay. Well, that was easy. Sad, sad for me to see Elf at four, but... And sad for me to see it at four, too. It should be a lot lower. <laughs> Elf is so good. It's pretty what good. Great, it's What a uh, great movie. And John Favreau's definitely... It's a pretty early director uh, spot for him. No, definitely not his first movie. It is. At it, but um, it's like... Um, he's done a lot like since his then. third or fourth, I think. <laughs> yeah, certainly done a ton of stuff. Yeah. Iron Man, maybe yeah. you've heard of it. Uh, yeah, right. The Mandalorian. No, when did Iron Man come out? That was uh, two thousand seven. Okay, seven, eight, eight. seven. I, I don't know, somewhere seven. around there. A few years after. Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I don't have any problems with this list. I feel like yeah, we came it, we came to it very. Am- oh, the, I feel this is our most amicable. Yeah, ranking in a while. I feel like probably, but yeah. hey. It's the it's the sick cast yeah. this week, so I'm not in the mood know. to argue. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm also not that upset by any of these decisions. Yeah. Like, hey, like all these movies are good. We had a lot of duplicate. This is our definitely most duplicate heavy list in a while. It's not that surprising. Know? Not a huge pool of movies to pull from because I mean, well, there there is a huge pool oh, of listen, Christmas there's movies. So many Christmas movies. Oh, that was uh, an, looking, another one that should have been on my dishonorable stuff. mention. Uh, it's love actually and that movie i just i i don't like it I, i've never watched it i don't bother it is so it, I, I saw it on corny the list. so In, incredibly corny by our metrics is that actually a christmas movie would you would do you think it is an because uh, i definitely saw it listed as a christmas special a uh, christmas movie but having not seen it yeah and all i know is about like the, the all the like the uh, here i'm holding the the, the note cards and it's a love the note cards it, it's a, it's a love I'm story like, first and foremost or love stories but plural it's lo- yeah love stories that are kind of happening around the holidays if you think the holidays are all about falling in love, then sure, I guess I could see it. I would concede it as a Christmas movie. I think it's right on the edge. It's more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard is. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. 
uh yeah are we doing top 10 songs is that is that what's next we were going to talk about that next, at some point ne- next year we'll do we'll do top 10 songs for next year okay good because uh, i gotta tell you how i feel about uh run 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 rudolph santa's gotta make it to town i mean if you want a, right. a rock and roll christmas song i'm gonna run down this list do it at number 10 we have it's a wonderful life 1946 by frank capra uh, number nine is The Santa Claus from 1994, directed by John Pasquin. Number eight is A Christmas Carol from 1999, directed by David Jones. Number seven is 1990's Home Alone from Chris Columbus. Number six, Rudolph of the Red-Nosed Reindeer, 1964, from Larry Romer and Akizo Nagashima. Number five, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, 1989, from Jeremiah S. Chechik. Number four is Elf, 2003, John Favreau. Number three, Muppet Christmas Carol, 1992, from Brian Henson. Number two is A Christmas Story, 1983, from Bob Clark. And number one, greatest Christmas movie of all time, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, from 2000, directed by Ron Howard. I think These my, are some movies. My wife would agree with you. I think How the Grinch Stole Christmas is probably her number one. Now She's been trying to watch it with the kids for the past week. I know how you feel about Muppet Christmas Carol, but what I if I told you? About the Great Muppet Caper, I thought or maybe you'd... the Mu- maybe the Muppet movie. It's not where I thought you were going with this because you didn't ask me the ultimate question yet. What's that? How do I feel about Muppet Christmas Carol versus Surf Ninjas? That's true. How do you feel about that? I like. I think Surf Ninjas is better. <laughs> really, I'll watch it year round. Uh, wow, Muppet Christmas okay. Carol. I only really watch during. During okay. Christmas, uh, okay, we got we, we it's been a while since um yeah since uh, Surf Ninjas got a win. Yeah, it has. I, so I mean, maybe don't get me due. wrong. Fantastic movie. I love love Muppet Christmas Carol. Amazing songs and cast and just the whole thing. It's very in the spirit of Christmas. But I think that's the only now, time I really watch it. And now going back to our movies under ninety minutes episode, um, yeah. Which is where where Surf Ninjas entered my life, anyways, um, and the podcast life. Uh, so we had my friend Chris um, as a guest on that. Uh, ironically, Chris is the biggest Muppet Christmas Carol stand that I know. Um, he's he's a big Muppet. He's a big Muppet guy in general, but Muppet Christmas Carol for sure. Um, this is a movie under ninety. Minutes. I think I, I'll tell him that um, you like Surf Ninjas more than that movie, and I'm, I think that would make him crazy. But well. That movie's under ninety minutes. Did it? What did it make it his list? What was? It might have actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm. It might have been. I'm checking right now. What episode was that? That was episode like eighteen. I want to say nineteen. Here we go. Episode nineteen. We have vaguely remember talking about this. This is my list. I'm looking at the wrong one here. Uh, I need the group list. Yeah, he did. Muppet Christmas Carol is number four. Yeah, there we go. The Muppet Christmas Carol. Muppet Christmas Carol did beat out Surf Ninjas by one slot on our unified list, so Surf Ninjas came in at ten. It was Muppet number two. It was number two on my list, just so we're clear, right? Monty Python was better. Surf Ninjas is number one in my heart though. Well. Uh congrats to Surf Ninjas, I guess. Muppet Christmas Carol. Great said, take, taking a bunch of L's recently, but you know, got up there. Great movie. Got up there. 
Did, Did we... we talk about that in the last episode? Muppet Christmas Carol made Ranking it above of... Surf Ninjas on the unified list, most yeah, notably. Yeah, that's so Okay, yeah. Just uh, so we're clear. Okay, housekeeping for last episode, though. Scott, all along the Watchtower, better or worse than Surf Ninjas? No, oh, Surf Ninjas is way better. You get way more enjoyment wow. out of it. Is Surf Ninjas uh, dramatically longer. Yeah. <laughs> way more bang for your buck. <laughs> exactly. You know. So much more to enjoy. Dollar for dollar, minute for minute, certain just better. But if I could listen to All Along the Watchtower during a, like a couple different scenes in that movie, it'd probably be weirdly appropriate. Make your AMV of... Uh... Just be better. See. <clears throat> during the war scene? Oh, you know what? I, I don't think that song plays during that movie, but I, I can think of a, a very large-scale battle scene where where they're heading into battle, it probably would make sense. It would probably feel like they were in Vietnam. Notably, they're in um, an East Asian island, Patusan. Surf so Ninjas probably would feel almost, weirdly appropriate. Surf Ninjas is almost 22 times longer than All Along the Watchtower. Thanks for the math. You could watch, sir, you could listen to that song. On repeat, 22 times. 21.75 times. While you're watching that movie, great, it sounds awesome. We need uh, the Ernie Reyes Jr.'s cover of "All Along the Watchtower." Get to it, Ernie. Can I know we, you're listening. Can we do that? We're gonna take all of our winnings from this show, winnings proceeds from this show. <laughs> either 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 term equates to zero, but you know, we do it for the love. Anyway, I think that's a podcast. Yep. I'm going to go sneeze out. That's, sneeze that's until sick, I can't breathe anymore. That's the sick cast this year. Hooray. So we did it. Enjoy that. I'm, well, uh, I, I, think I, I think I said this while you were walked away, or you had already walked away when I said this earlier during one of your, your oh. sneezing fits, but I'm absolutely going to, when I do the edit for this one, I'm going to count how many times you sneezed. Oh, beautiful. The recording. It's been... It's been unbelievable. It's got to be upwards of 50 at this point. Well, I, it is remarkable. I don't know if it is 50 because I started sneezing even before I hit record. So if we That's include fair. those ones, it probably is. But we'll um, see. Ones that I've actually had. No, it's probably more like 25, 30. We'll see. It's been a lot. It doesn't feel great. I do not envy you. Um, but hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to us argue, even though we didn't really argue that much, and we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. You know what? I'd like to think it's in the spirit of the holiday that we didn't argue. We just came together and collaborated. That's the Christmas, Christmas. spirit. Christmas. If they could turn this podcast into a movie, they shouldn't. Uh, our next episode will be posted in two weeks like it usually is. Josh, I think we've already mentioned, but go ahead and tell the people what the topic is. Yeah, so our... Uh, next episode is going going to be going up like I think it's like on or yeah it's on New Year's Day, um, yeah just how the timing works out and so we're gonna do what we tried to do last year and lost due to technical issues that's our lost episode. Uh, we're gonna do our favorite media of 2023. It's not uh, we're gonna follow the format that we did last year, which you, you didn't hear. Um, we're uh we don't we're not arguing in that. We're just talking about hey what stuff that we liked that came out this year. Or, or I guess, potentially, um, stuff that was especially meaningful to us within this year. 
good songs so, uh anything tv shows episodes Song shows movies, podcasts yeah who cares whatever video games books comic books yep i have uh interpreted i was dance. worried that i had not consumed enough new media to have a complete 10 list because it's just been such a busy year for me but then i realized that I did a lot of running. I listened to some new books. So I've got some books that we're going to discuss. I've got um, podcasts. I've got uh, some songs that I actually are new this year that I was like, I actually really like these songs and they've become a part of my rotation. So there you go. That's not something I thought I'd end up doing. Um, But look at me exploring new things. Can't can't wait to tell you about how I'm a Swifty now. Just kidding. Not a Swifty. Who would have thought? Nobody. Nobody thought I was a Swifty. But hey, we did it. I think we're good. That's a podcast. We, okay. It, it, was, it was, in fact, a podcast. Still is, in some ways. Well, until next time, I've been Scott. Sick Scott, I'm Josh. but I've been Scott. I've been sick. I've been, I've been slightly less sick, I've been Josh. sick. Oh, okay. Yeah. You've been Josh. You've been recovering, Josh. I'm, like, declining Scott. Terrible. I've been sober for a week. Congratulations. Uh, but hey, uh, no, oh my god, see the sickness is screwing me up. And remember, with a little practice, you can argue your way into a friendship. Happy holidays, and take care, folks. Get well soon talking to myself on that one i think i need to change my sweatshirt the amount of times i sneezed into my arm i feel like it's probably you're, all you're, gross you're now growing a bacterial colony on uh, your arm that's exactly what i'm doing oh i should hit stop all right this is josh coming to you from the edit uh i did keep a tally as you promised during the show of the Scott sneezes during the recording. Um, I know there were more prior to us hitting the actual record button, but uh, during the actual recording, which I uh, edited out for all of you uh, at home because you want that, uh, Scott sneezed a grand total of 26 times while uh, the tapes were rolling. So, uh, yeah, not a good time for Scott. See you next time.